Hey you, welcome to Tea Talk, a space to share the therapy tea. I'm Shailene, your host, and I hope you'll join me each week as we sit down to share tips, stories, and conversations on getting better emotionally, recovering from trauma, and improving your overall quality of life. I want to remind everyone that even though podcasts can feel therapeutic, they are definitely not a replacement for therapy. Please, at any point, if you feel the need to take a break because the content is too heavy, please do that and take care of yourself. Also, if you're loving this podcast, please do me a favor and leave me a review, share your reflections with me on Instagram and share it with a friend who needs to hear it. All right. So I'm ready. You're ready. And we're friends now. So go ahead and sit down, cozy up, and let's get ready for today's episode. Okay, everyone. So my next guest is Kelly Sue. She's my personal magic maker. And I have so much to say about her. So let me just get into it. She's an intuitive reader and modern day mystic. She blends her familial lineage of the healing arts with her 25 plus years of self-study and lived experience in order to help other people remember their magic, tune into their inner knowing and be fearless in following it. How cool is that? Why does she do it? Because following our inner guidance versus what the world tells us leads us to live our most magical lives. That's what she believes. She believes that we feel our inner ability to create a world we want to see, feel our power, and are all actualizing all of what we came here to deliver. What's the sexiness of life if you're not obsessed with yours and working some magical shit, right? Like, this is what she has to say, and I'm so here for it. Her areas of expertise include spirituality, intuition, body fluency, reading the energy of things, whether it's souls, situations, or spaces. She is the executive assistant to me and works behind the scenes magic for myself and my two businesses, Rebel Mente and DBT of South Jersey. And in her free time, she is busting a move with her bachata and salsa dancing lessons. She has a cat, Shimmer, that she takes care of, and she's always out wandering in nature somewhere, whether it's on the farm or super long walks in the woods. Fun facts, she was a nun for eight years. We talk a little bit about this in her 20s and she's fluent in Spanish, like you would not expect she does. She speaks way better Spanish than I do. I mean, not a shocker. Some key practices in her life right now that help her maintain her vibe and manifest a magical life are morning pages, Julia Cameron and the artist way, sunsets and visualization. Her current workouts besides dance class is strength training. She traded sweaty cardio for lifting and she hasn't looked back, which is really cool. She is an INFJ, Virgo, Sun, Leo, Moon, Gemini, Rising, all of which are pretty spot on. And we'll tell you how to find her at the end of the episode. I hope you love it. Okay, everybody, I am here with Kelly Sue. Her official title in my life is the manager of the magic and she is the magic manager for DBT of South Jersey and Rebel Mente. So there's a chance that you know who she is, but there's also a chance that without even realizing that you were talking to her, you probably thought you were talking to me in an email or something and Kelly Sue swooped it up and she took care of it so it would get done quicker and more efficiently. So welcome to the Tea Talk pod, Kelly Sue. Thanks for coming. Thank you, Shailene. It's exciting to be here. (laughs) It's exciting to have you here too, because you do so much behind the scenes for the podcast. So it's like you are finally here in the chair. And this is a random 
this thing that I think people will find funny. So the last podcast episode I recorded with Alex Panchella, mm. and we talked about her prepping for her birth story and everything. It just so happens that Kelly Sue is sitting in Alex's childhood home. She's <laughs> pet sitting for Lisa because they're all in Italy right now for um, one of the girls' wedding. And I'm staring at the childhood photos of girls. (laughs) We have to get this clip of visual somewhere so people can see it because it's amazing. So I just wanted to to highlight this like random, seemingly irrelevant piece of information that feels so important because last week when I recorded with Alex, I said, where are you? She said, in my parents' basement. Can you tell from the gold pillars that are up here? And I was like, so now I'm looking and I'm like, And there they are, the girls. This is just such a precious moment. So random aside, but I felt like that was really funny. So anyways, let me tell you guys a little bit about so funny why I brought Kelly Sue on the podcast. So I had thoughts of doing this a while ago, but what really sealed the deal, there were a couple months ago, and I think you guys might have heard in my podcast with Ernesto, I was telling him the story about how I had this pretty severe pain in my wrist that felt kind of random. Still hasn't been explained by doctors. Don't really know why it happened. It's kind of calmed down a bit, but it was like up from the base of my wrist up into my thumbs on both sides. And so it was so bad that I stopped texting for a couple of days. And, you know, I talked to Kelly Sue a lot because she helps me with a lot of things. So I said to her, hey, just want to let you know I'm not texting because my wrists are completely incapacitated. And her response was to send me a three-page document. I'm scrolling through it right now. But this three-page document that was an intuitive reading on pain in the hands. And it's like completely blew my mind. When I told Ernesto about it, his immediate response was like, people need to hear this. Like, get her on a podcast. She needs to make a course. Like, we all need this. (laughs) And it was just a really completely different way to look at healing. So Mm -hmm. I just want to share some of these things that were on here So first, she kind of summarized different things that were coming up, inflammation, heat in my hands, and said that your hit on this was that it's not something chronic or deeply set, but related to like energy that was carrying messages with instruction to follow for my highest good and happiness. So that these were like signs and symptoms and messages that I need to do something different. And so there are foods on here to eat differently fresh ginger with water and lime, drink two to three times a day, avocado, movement recommendations, yin yoga to be more around water, like vibes altogether in terms of energy, not fiery burnout vibes, which is what I tend to do when I move. So that was really helpful. But then the other things were to really sit with my hands, let them know that I was here to listen to this message And that the message is basically, hey, what do I need to let go of? And I remember reading that and being like, well, totally got me there. Like, (laughs) surprised. (laughs) Surprise and shocker. Yeah. So there's a lot of notes on here. And I'm happy to share that. Maybe we can like link these in the show notes or something so people can see them. Oh, yeah. Just what they look like. But. Yeah, so that was like a really long-winded entry into all of this, but I mm-hmm. was just so fascinated by it, still am. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into the work you're doing separate from me. Like, that's different. I'm talking about all <laughs> sure. of this, like, healing wizardry magic that you have. How did you get here? And then yeah. tell us a little bit about what that is that you do. So cool. Thank you. 
it was a fun reading to do for you. I, yeah, when you like sent me the voice and I was like, can I just offer a read on that? And then, and then it just kind of flows, you know, it kind of just channels out. But how I got here, I think it's my whole life experience, you know, like so mm-hmm. many of us. And we just like weave that in and then use it with people to help them. When I started offering the intuitive readings, it was because whenever I would just be kind of talking with someone, whether it was an actual client or just someone in my life, you know, stuff just kind of comes. And if you're not in a container where the person on the other side, like wants to hear your downloads, wants to hear what's coming through, you know, I'm not just like, can I just like tell you what's coming through for you right now? And so that's a healthy life skill that I don't have. (laughs) I'm usually like, hey, do you want to talk about your childhood with me? Because I think I'm picking up on some things. And then I have to stop and be like, Shaleen, you're inappropriate. Like not everyone wants to talk about that all the time. So that's a great life skill. Yeah, you have to kind of like put it in the right container, I guess. So I come from a family who's in medicine. You know, I grew up with my dad is a DO. My mom was a, a nurse. And then she later became a massage therapist, Reiki master. My grandfather's a surgeon. So like I grew up in this like household of conventional medicine and also holistic medicine kind of weaving through my childhood and teen years and all of that. So that was like always kind of tucked away. And then in my like 20s, as you know, I like entered the convent. So that was like a whole season of my life. But in religious life, Yes, people. She said convent. Kelly Sue previously was a nun. I think that like slips by people and they don't hear their And then people are like, wait, what? And then everyone wants to, well, me again, probably inappropriately at times. I was like, so what was going on there? Like, what was that like? But yes, that's, I just want to highlight that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It still plays a huge role in my life in, in many ways. But yes, I was a nun most of my 20s and a Catholic missionary nun, which was an awesome adventure and a little traumatic too. So like the blend of both Mm -hmm. worlds, but in that container, the like physical body and like listening and learning about health and wellness wasn't really like the vibe at all. It was more like, right. I wouldn't think so. Yeah. It was more like ignore your normal, natural bodily movements or needs kind you know, we did penance. I mean, it was like the real deal. Yeah. I mean, I imagine you're just like listening to God. Like that's the thing, right? Like you wouldn't listen to yourself too much in that. Exactly. Yeah. It was kind of like deny thyself, but like to a certain extreme. Mm -hmm. And so that was a season of my life. And then when I left the convent and I was like super burnt out, I mean, this is like for a whole nother, you know, this is like a whole memoir, but it's like when I came home, I was like super burnt out. I didn't have any knowledge really of my own soma and so i kind of went on this journey after where i like devoured books i like wanted to learn like all this stuff that when i was a nun i would like poo poo on because mm-hmm. like the catholic world like didn't think that energy or nutrition or anything like that mattered mm-hmm. in the world of like spirituality but yeah i just started reading books and practicing i got a little bit into yoga and i like reconnected back to my own body probably for the first time at like you know age 30 onward really really started listening to my body mm-hmm. and that's been the journey like from then till now now I'm 40 right so it's been 10 years of listening and learning and tuning into like my bodily like frequency. rewiring to yeah hear it and to listen yeah and learning how to read those things symbolically like sometimes a symptom really is 
maybe something that needs actual medical treatment. But I think more often than not, symptoms, they started a long time ago as like a smaller signal. And now they're showing up more blatantly because like we haven't listened to the smaller (laughs) signals, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I mean, there's been plenty of things recently that I've read in books that talk about the connection of sometimes it's labeled trauma and it'll directly connect to um, like heart disease, Mm -hmm. cancer, and so many other things later on in life. Sometimes it talks about like strained relationships with parents and how those lead to the same thing. So I'm getting at, they call it different things, but it all comes back to some sort of emotional pains and stressors Mm -hmm. that come out later physically. Mm -hmm. And I've always noticed that with burnout and doing too much that I'll get sick, like knock me on my butt sick, like out for two weeks. You know, when your body's just like, you haven't listened. Mm -hmm. And now I'm going to completely take you out of the game. You're not doing anything. You're benched. Yeah. Yeah. You're benched. (laughs) Sit down here on the injured list. So I noticed that. And then I was recently reading, I think it was in Brene Brown's recent book, Atlas of the Heart, where she quoted a study on loneliness and that I think like 40 something percent of people who suffer with loneliness also go on to develop these like pain issues or sickness. You know, it shows up in the body. It comes up in yoga a lot. Again, like stored and trapped energy that ends up harming the body. And then there was another thing. Oh, I started reading this book called Burnout. It just says burnout across the book like a lot. And I was kind of shocked. Like I'm only a few chapters in, but the premise of the book is like, it's not about dealing with your stressors. It's about dealing with the stress. I hope I'm saying that right. Mm -hmm. But like you have to complete the cycle Mm -hmm. that stress. And so stress is on the same spectrum you know, it's like hyper arousal and your nervous system being locked on. And so if you don't complete the cycle, which is likely going to be something movement based, then it's going to get stuck. And then that's how you get burnout. And that's how you get really sick. And that's how all of these diseases come. And so what you're talking about, like perfectly aligns with that. You said when you got out of the convent, like you went on this journey, you start doing yoga and reading all of these books and everything. Did you have any somatic issues that were coming up that kind of told you like something's off? I mean, I didn't know it, but towards the end of my like time in religious life, Mm -hmm. I didn't know at the time. I knew it later when I saw like a naturopath, but apparently my adrenals were 10, you know, it was like adrenal fatigue at like zero, you know, and I learned all these things from kind of getting involved with her. And, you know, I came home and I was like kind of done. And so I saw this naturopath had some tests done and she was like, your levels of all things are like, you know, flatlined. So, wow. I mean, aside from that kind of at a really foundational, like mineral, I guess, level, I didn't have anything. I mean, I was emotionally like flat Mm -hmm. and miserable, which as you know, is not my normal accountant was actually seeing that that was my baseline every day towards the end of my time there. That's when I was like, there is just something not right. Right. You know? Right. So for me, it was more of a, I could tell my emotional state, like was giving me the signal, like this is not the place for you anymore. Mm -hmm. But the burnout on the pace of where I was, despite what a lot of people think religious life is, and there are monasteries and more monastic styles of living religious life where they are kind of slower and praying all day and all of this like Mm -hmm. vibe. Meditating. Yeah. Yeah. I was in like this missionary order, which is like very, you know, movido, like go, go, go Mm -hmm. all the time. And for eight years, it was that. And I was just kind of, yeah, done on, 
all levels when I left. So burnout, yeah, is something I've moved through for sure. It's also just, I don't know, this feels like another mind blow moment. I'm like, because I've been talking about burnout on some of the recent recorded episodes. And yeah, I just don't think most people would think that nuns get burnt out. I don't think (laughs) that people, I just don't think that people would make that association. I think what you're describing, like, you're praying and, you know, you're saying hi to everyone and peace be with you and all of these other, like, it just feels slower and more Mm -hmm. like people come to you, but you're doing missionary work. And so you're out there really working. And I imagine sometimes that's like a lot of physical labor and movement and you were teaching kids and you were traveling, you were doing all of these different things. And that's not what I don't think many people would imagine. People wouldn't associate burnout with religion. Yeah, no, that's true. I think that religious life kind of has this idealistic thing you see in the movies, but Mm -hmm. it is, we say in Spanish, like exigente, like it's, it's very demanding in some sense Mm -hmm. of the word. And what I, in hindsight, see is that it is being in service, but I think my take on it is that mm-hmm. it's being in service, but with no boundaries. Like you as mm-hmm. a therapist, right? You have your boundaries. You have your hours when you see clients, mm-hmm. then the door closes. But if you're, you know, a priest or a nun, it's kind of like your own call all the time. Right. And I mean, there are some times of recreation and rest, but like they're like the percentage of that versus what you're actually out there doing all the time. For me, again, this is my, I want to clarify, some people are in there and they're like having the effing time of their life and they love it. You know what I mean? Like I did it for eight years and I loved it for a lot of time and then really was not where I was supposed to be anymore. So I mean, for a person like me, as you know, I'm naturally pretty introverted. So to be around people and giving energy all of the time, living with women all of the time, you know? Right. Yeah. (laughs) That's true. That makes a lot of sense. And your relationship, this is kind of like separate conversations we've had, but I don't know if listeners are like, so what happened with like God and Jesus? Like, do you still, do you guys still (laughs) chat? You're still (laughs) tight. Good. (laughs) Yeah. So that too is like a whole other podcast, but it's like, I firmly believe that it was like the voice of God or the Holy Spirit that led me to leave. I mean, God Mm -hmm. to me feels peaceful, you know, and like light and like truth. And that was the voice that helped me leave. So I never really lost that connection to God or the idea of this like divine being. Mm -hmm. I did throw Christ out with the bathwater, like for a while, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like the baby, like the church and Christ, like kind of out the window for, for a time. But I think that's natural. Like when you're so saturated in a thing in a program or in a whatever culture yeah and then it's like it becomes associated with it so then like anything that reminds you you're like I can't do that like I can't oh my Mm -hmm. gosh I didn't even come home in my hat I left the habit the get up the deal that Mm -hmm. we wear I left it I was like ready to Mm -hmm. go and so it was just an awesome journey because it was like I came home had to totally rediscover who I wanted to be out here. You know, I had a whole identity as Sister Lumen for eight years and my relationship with God and what I wanted that to look at. And so I've explored lots of realms of spirituality, kind of seeing what feels, you know, natural and and right to me. Yeah. But no, Christ is still around. I don't consider myself a Christian in that. Like, I believe 
their beliefs about salvation, all mm-hmm. of that. But I do think Christ was a person on earth and we all have the spirit of God in us and all of that stuff. Yeah. So he's back in the house. <laughs> We're cool. We're hanging. <laughs> We're tight. Things are good to go. Well, I love how you said that too, that you felt like God was what led you to like make this decision. And that just looked different for you than it did for the other people who stayed at the convent and continued to do that kind of work. And, mm-hmm. and maybe that was the message for them to do, you know, like nothing's better or worse or right or wrong, but this is what was right for you. And in that mm-hmm. you kind of expanded your vantage point and took things that supported it and fit and then left the other things out. So that's very cool. Well, tell people what you do, not separate from me, like not that that stuff, that's not interesting right now. (laughs) If you were not working with me, you're explaining to somebody what you do, what your services are. How do you explain that? (laughs) That's like the greatest question, right? (laughs) It's because I feel like it's a lot to fit on a business card. You've done it, but yeah, how do you summarize that? (laughs) Yeah, it is fun. I think all of the things I do, and it is hard to contain it because I I feel like so much of it I leave open to like even now it's like I'm I wanted to leave open our podcast also to like I love that it's open that just like what we're Mm -hmm. flowing with so these intuitive readings they're like one-off sessions with someone yours was kind of a little different because of the manner it came about but well and you know me so like you hear me talk and you know what's going on in my life yeah like you had information to pull on yes it was like an on the spot reading (laughs) right But yeah, so normally I would like sit down with the soul, you know, and really it is an open container. Like I hold a space and I ask to just be like a clear channel and like a safe space holder. There's not really topics super off the table, like whether it's like you, your physical symptoms that you were dealing with, whether people, you know, have issues with energy, boundaries, relationships, even I've talked with people about their career and what they want to do. Mm -hmm. So anything is like free game. And then we just kind of workshop it live. And then it's like stuff kind of drops. And what I've noticed in the intuitive readings is often what drops is like seemingly out of left field, but it actually really connects to the thing that they came seeking. Yes. Like sometimes they'll come maybe even with an expectation of what the answer is going to be. But really what drops in is like, Oh, it's like very enlightening. And it's illuminating for me, too, because I'll be led to ask a question, you know, well, tell me about your relationship with your grandmother. And they're like, whoa, you know, and (laughs) it just like goes from there. (laughs) And then after the live reading, so that's like an hour. This all just kind of happened intuitively. Like I would do readings and then more would kind of come later Mm -hmm. and I would write and I would email the person like what came And so now it's all just a part of the package. (laughs) So like I do a reading and then in the next day or two, I'll channel another two or three pages of like what I did for you, you know, like free flowing thoughts. It sounds like, like, I mean, it seems like you've developed a pretty cool structure, you know, because you touched on so many different things in different boxes, what to eat, how to move, things to consider during meditation, different elements to consider interactions with other people. I mean, like, this is like super thorough. So Mm. I don't know if if you know you do that intentionally or if that's just been what you've kind of molded into, but you hit a lot of different channels. Mm. I think it depends on what comes through for the person. Like for you, it was this whole kind of holistic, a lot of areas. For other people, it might be a more focused 
aspect of their life, you know, like let's go into like you and your relationship with your father or whatever and things come through Mm -hmm. more specifically. But I'm a big believer in all parts of our life touch. You know what I mean? All parts of Mm -hmm. whether it's what you're eating every day or the style of movement you're doing or like how you're interacting with your partner. You know what I mean? It, It all touches and it's all a part of like the health and the body we walk around in every day. And so it does matter all of those pieces. So, and I love stringing it together. I think growing up in the household where my dad was a doctor who I I love a lot and went to many conventional doctors, it's like sometimes that world is so just one lens. Yeah. (laughs) And it's, it really is. We're not only (laughs) one-sided. It all weaves together. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a big, honestly, that feels like a big point of burnout, especially for somebody who has any kind of chronic sickness or something they're trying to get diagnosed or taken care of, like the amount of doctors we have to see. And then the doctors, they really, I think they think they try like, you know, with like these unified charts and things like that, but they really don't talk to each other and probably because they don't have the language to Mm -hmm. really talk to each other, you know, but I think about the doctor who saw me for my wrist. Like I went to an orthopedic doctor who specialized in wrists. I couldn't get more specific than that. And I saw him twice. And to do this, I started out with my primary doctor who did a blood panel. Based on the blood panel, sent me to a rheumatologist. Rheumatologist thought, this was really interesting too. The rheumatologist thought based on my blood panel, I had an autoimmune disorder or disease. It was like the blood panel showed up ANA positive, whatever that means. It's basically like if it's ANA positive on this smaller panel, you go to a rheumatologist and then they give you a more specific panel of testing all of these different things. And it's most likely they're going to find something, but it's not definite. And then elevated protein, which means inflammation. And the rheumatologist said, you know, with that combination, it's likely we're going to find something. So then I go get the mega blood test that tests everything and nothing came back. And those things went down or away. And so I was like, what the hell? Like, you know, like, how do you explain this? And so Then I went to the orthopedic. So that's three doctors, three different medical professionals that specialize in different things. And, you know, I still have it's not as bad as it was then. And it's interesting now because I wish I mean, I could probably look through my schedule or something and look at what those weeks looked like, what I was doing, what I was going through that made it so intense at that time. But also you're talking about how everything's connected. And I'm I'm thinking about how if it's showing up now, and I think you said this in your write up to me, if it's showing up now, this happened a while ago, like it takes a while for this stuff to bubble up to the surface. So it's not even like I could look at that time and be like, Oh, it was this, this is probably something that's been cooking up for months, and was subtle and subtle. And I just kind of kept ignoring it and doing the same things. And then finally, my wrists are like, and you're not touching your phone for a week. How do you like that? And you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it takes a while for it to show up. So that's another factor, but you're totally right. Like there are all of these different parts that matter. Yeah. It's a pain. Like our medical system really just kind of sees like one part of that whole puzzle. 
again, I say this with love for the bill, you know. A hundred percent. And it's and they do amazing things yeah. and we need them. Like both things can be true, people. Like don't come at yeah, me yeah. for both me too. I love them. <laughs> I believe in medicine. I need doctors. Like I'm very grateful. I'm for it. I really am. Yeah, this is a shortcoming. It's definitely a shortcoming. And I think what trips us up is that we are kind of taught that like the authority of our health is outside of us mm. when actually my belief is if you really have deep enough connection or fluency, I like to say like body fluency with your own soma, really the authority of your health is you, is mm. inside of you. And, you know, growing up, uh, I think we're coming more and more to that now. But, you know, growing up, I was like, oh, go to the doctors for this and listen to what they say and do what they do and take the things they tell you to take. And it's like, are we even listening to like you? Did you even sit with your hands and like ask them, well, what what is this message that you're sending me? And know that you have the tools, like the native innate tools to listen to your body and to read that symptom and to then wield it or render it so that, you know, you aren't causing this inflammation, you know? So I think that trips us up a little. We put everything out. Same with religion in many ways. We put the authority on the outside of us. And it's like, what about my relationship with God? Like directly here. This week's episode is sponsored by the DBT Starter Pack. The DBT Starter Pack is a comprehensive training in the four modes of DBT. This is a 40-hour training starting this September, and it also meets criteria for Linehan board certification. It's CE approved, and the trainers are DBT obsessed, so it's sure not to be a snooze fest. See what I did there? Learn from two expert clinicians and trainers who continue to work in the trenches and are able to train to what you actually need to know to treat clients with emotion dysregulation effectively. Find all of the details on the Rebelmente website at rebelmente.com forward slash dbt dash trainings. Click the comprehensive training image for details. Make sure to sign up for emails on the Rebelmente website to be notified of when registration reopens. Use code TTALK50 for $50 off of your registration fee. That's the letter TTALK and the number 50 for $50 off your registration fee. If you're thinking of becoming a DBT provider, this is a training you will not want to miss. Yeah, I'm looking through my notes again. And one of the parts that I kept reading over and over was receiving counsel from trusted people is great. Hmm. At the end of the day, you hold the cards for knowing what is really meant for you. Full stop. No need for anyone's approval or to explain why. And I'm just like, oh, goodness gracious. And I didn't really notice that until you just said it right now. Like we start to lose faith in ourselves, trust in ourselves, Because, you know, we see the problem, whether it's something physical, whether it's something spiritual, mental, emotional, we see the problem and then we go to the places that people go for experts. But there's a way in which like you do the links in the chain with the relationship to ourselves, it gets a little bit looser and a little bit more fragmented to the point where, you know, I'm thinking about a very simple, like, sometimes I don't know what to eat for dinner. Like, I'm like, but somebody just tell me what to eat. Like, I don't even have the thinking power to consider what the choices are. And I joke about this with my husband, but, mm-hmm. like, it's true. Like, he'll be like, what do you want for dinner? And I just <laughs> I flatline up there. Like, I'm like, I got nothing. Like, I don't even know what is dinner. I don't even know what dinner is. And so I think that's so true. It's like constantly looking outward, we do lose the ability to listen, yeah, to the wisdom mm-hmm. within. And that yeah. voice gets just tinier and tinier and tinier and yeah. farther away. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> 
I'm trying to bring it back. <laughs> I'm like, is it a special? Um... <laughs> Are there special words coming in? So you you talked about what you're doing um, and how you do these readings for other people and how they kind of come up and show up. I mean, the biggest project I imagine was workshopping all of this for yourself. Like you left something really regimented and routined, like being in the convent. When I met you, I didn't know this even existed, right? Like I didn't know that I could consult with someone in this Mm -hmm. way, that they would give me these messages. Like I wouldn't have even known to look for that. And I'm thinking about you during this time that was probably really not accessible, like leaving the convent or even imagining something like this. And I just think it's like really powerful that you found things for yourself. And so I'm curious about moments where you were kind of like affirming, okay, maybe this feels right. I'm going to do a little bit more of this or I'm on the right track because you were really anti-listening to anybody else at that point, but you didn't really know what you were looking for. And that seems really significant. The piece that was missing that I was just going to bring through that connects is that in any container with someone, you're the goo, you know, you're the guru. Like, I'm not here to be like, Shailene, come to me. Let me read your hands. Like, yeah, about the It's like. Mm. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the other thing people are imagining. Like, Kelly Sue's wearing, like, this silky garb. It's like, and on the contrary. Like, you know, smoke coming out behind her. I'm here to remind you that, like, all the answers are living in you. And that has really been, like, a huge thread of mine coming out of the convent. And. Mm discovering the spirituality and discovering my body and my health has been that like, we are divine, like the divinity lies within us. And so, you know, whether it's connecting with God through nature, and, you know, that's where I feel it, or listening to my heartbeat in an online yoga video for the first time, and like being totally in awe that like, my heart Mm. just keeps beating full stop. Like I can cry now. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Like it's there for you all the time. Like next to a farm in the forest still now, but definitely when I came home from the convent, I would just go walk on the farm in the forest. And when I felt in the forest, the same presence that I would feel in a church, like the game was over. I was like, There is no difference. You know what I mean? Like some people Mm. might, fine, go to the church, connect there. And it's here too, you know? And so all of those moments of me just kind of experiencing God, my body, myself again for like the first time in a new way was just like refreshing. It was like life-giving. It was like me creating like how I want to experience life in the world. I don't know. But yeah, it all kind of has weaved And if there's anything I coach people in, it's like return to your inner knowing, you know, it is in there. You just have to like kind of clear away the like junk in the muck. Mm. Yeah. And that's why too, I think, and I know it's harder for people with families, but solitude, just like being with yourself being with the divine and whatever that looks like, whether that's like walking, like I know you like to take walks, like whether it's just like walking, hike or something, or whether Mm -hmm. that's sitting outside or whether it's doing some kind of formal meditation. I I think solitude and silence 
is like so much medicine for our world and helps us access that mm-hmm. body fluency because you can just kind of like be with yourself and listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to ask you, and you kind of just spoke to it. How do you work on cultivating the relationship with yourself when there's so much noise and distraction? Not only like there's whatever is going on in everyone's lives individually, you know, chaos, whatever kind of stressors are coming up from work. And then there's just like the last couple of years going through the pandemic with the news and social media, it just feels like everything is so much louder and bigger that there are less and less times naturally. Mm. It feels like an intentional shift that somebody has to make to clear some of that noise out. And I know for a lot of my clients and for myself too, it's really hard to have moments of just being Mm -hmm. by myself with myself and have it be a peaceful experience because it's like going to a really (laughs) loud concert and you still hear a couple of days later, it's like in your ear. And so I think like you're living this life and it's so busy and there's so much going on. There's people who need you and all of this pouring out of your cup and the noise and the energy and the distractions That like, even if maybe somebody goes for a walk, they'll hear this podcast and they'll go for a walk, but it's like, they're still like, because it's so disproportionate, the amount that people are spending time really trying to cultivate the relationship to listening to that inner wisdom. What do you have to say about that? Like, what can people do to really help with that? Mm Because I think you're talking about something that every single person needs. And I'm thinking about almost all of my clients right now, how hard this is for them. Yeah, and it is insidious is the word. I feel like how when you're explaining, work on you know, it. all the noise, it really is at like every turn for people. I think, yes, like nature, I think nature always hands down is medicine. And so the more you can make that a practice, even if it's just sitting in your backyard, but more than just like the spotty kind of moments, I think. Mm-hmm. trying to intentionally create like actual space in your life, which means like bringing in like Ernesto's stuff about like mm-hmm. setting boundaries with people or obligations. And some of what I put in your reading too, I think was like to lay on the table, all of the things that your like hands are in. Right. And like really feel into them and be like, does this bring me alive? Like, is this, is this life giving for me? And really try from the root because Mm -hmm. all of those things and people like are pieces of your life, but see what you can actually like eradicate from the root of your life to create like space, you know? And I think Mm -hmm. that's the harder part. Mm -hmm. So many hacks are like such the cool trendy thing. Like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hack it. I'm just going to like go outside for a half hour and sit in the grass and put my feet in the grass and like ground. Cool. That's going to feel good. And like, can you do it like in the long game? Can you like create space? (laughs) I'm like, I need to dig a giant hole in my yard and lay in that for like three days. That sounds a little morbid, but I'm like, well, if the comparison is 30 minutes feet on the ground, I probably need to like bury myself in the sand for a week. It's true. And try I think and catch up like with so the amount of, of grew up, stuff. You're just not conscious of it, you know, until then you are. And then you're like, oh, shit. And it's funny. I, I was just journaling this morning and like recalling because right. I have had a feeling we would be talking about like post-convent time. And I think sometimes you have to go mm-hmm. 
like when you're in that kind of burnt out or overextended stage, you kind of have to go hardcore boundaries for like a few seasons, if you can, in the sense of like, really rein it in. Even if people think you're like being a hard ass or like being a monk or whatever, you know, I had to do Mm -hmm. that too. And I think you kind of have to self-protect in the way of like, if I'm in this for the long game, like you, you know, if I'm going to be in this healing work and expanding the things and like, I have all of these goals and I want to bring healing to the world, I have to be okay from the a foundational, mm-hmm. mineral, nutritional level all the way up, you know? And so like, yeah. And so if you're in it for that Every long cell. game, mm-hmm. yes, grounding for 30 minutes a few times a week is going to be like a good touch point to add to your life. And go deeper, like go in to the thing and like, yeah, like eradicate the weeds. Very self in You know, and like turn over the compost <laughs> and like start fresh and be like, what do I really want to yeah. pull into my life? <laughs> you know, and then include intentional space, mm. like for nothing, for free time. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Feeling stressed out. <laughs> listening to this it's hard I think too because I'm so obsessed with free space and spaciousness (laughs) because in the convent our literal day was scheduled to the minute I mean it was insane it is Mm -hmm. insane they still live it but it's like there was no unscheduled free time really I mean there is here and there occasionally but it's like you know, I'm like the queen of spaciousness <laughs> because I'm like, just like spread it out, like go slow, breathe, like no yeah. rushing. Let there just be free time. I think maybe, I mean, at least for myself, what I think happens, I mean, I know this happens. I was thinking about this this morning and last night I was like, I should talk <laughs> about this in therapy and or with anyone else who will listen, probably Kelly Sue. Just about how, like, I know that I have this amazing and horrific thing that I do that it gets very reinforced by other people where I will take on so many things and then I'll be in them. And then I'm like, why did I do this to myself? And so the whole space thing, I'm craving it. And when I get it, I literally don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird thing to come to because I crave it so much. Like the other day, last week in the morning, I woke up and the first thought on my mind was like, because I wake up and it's just busy up here. And so I think to myself, okay, Shailene, um, your mantra for today is I have everything that I need. I don't need anything else. I have everything that I need. So like, I want to start slowing down things with work. By I think like 4 p.m., I was chatting with somebody about like planning a retreat in Mexico next year which sounds really great and fun. And that's the thing. It's like, these things are not small and they're exciting things that bring me joy, but even things that bring me joy, like that's still not unplanned, just space. And so I go from like, and it is, it's in the morning. I feel like most burnt out because I'm starting the day and I'm tired. Katie May texted me that day. She was like, let's plan an international retreat in Iceland. I was like, well, this morning I said I wasn't going to take anything else on, but that sounds like a good idea. Like, these are not little things. This isn't like, you know what? I'm just going to go to the grocery store, even though I said I was going to stay home today. Let me get it done. No, like, I'm like now leaving the country. Like, it's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. And people are excited about it. So it's reinforcing and it's exciting. But then I'm like, 
well, now I have all this crap to do. And so I just can't figure out mm-hmm. how to, yeah. I'm on the merry-go-round and it is spinning quick and I keep trying to jump off. But when I jump off, it's like I get right on another ride to like gain my bearings. And I don't know what that's about, but I got to look at it and really back up like your metaphor about like, no, take everything out of the garden, all the weeds, everything, turn the soil over and just pick what you want. And you can only pick a couple of things. If you put too much (laughs) shit in the garden, it's going to get messed up. It's not going to grow. So I just no, really I love, to, I love. I'm going on my own like self therapy. Right I wonder now, but, too, um, and I think this yeah. happens with <laughs> a lot of busy beavers. You somewhat take your identity from being that person, you know, whether it was in school, always doing all the things, or what, you know. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's probably like some root trauma there about like growing up in an alcoholic family and just feeling like thriving and staying busy and needing to, not needing to protect, Mm -hmm. trying to be really good at everything I did was a great distraction from other (laughs) things. And so I wonder, well, didn't expect to go here. (laughs) Realizing that as we're talking, I'm like, this is getting pretty deep at the, at the 11th hour of the podcast. So we'll probably revisit some of these things. Um, But as we're wrapping up, I wants you to share how people might find more information on the things that you're Yay, teaching to or if somebody you. wants yeah, to work with you where can chat. they find your information i'm on instagram at kelly sue fitz and then my website is also the same kelly it has like all the details but people can just dm me on instagram or facebook same name across all channels <laughs> so yeah mm-hmm. All of the way. Yeah. So check out Kelly Sue's stuff. And mm-hmm. I will say Kelly Sue's a great person to follow or friend on Instagram and Facebook because you, you have these posts that are just like chock full of wisdom. Thank that you. I always read them all the way through there. They're super helpful. So follow her, see what she's up to. And um, yeah, let us know what you think of this <laughs> right. episode because I feel like there were 25 conversations happening in this that we could pull from and talk more about in another time. But thanks so much for being on today. And until next time, we'll see everybody for our next episode. Take good care, everybody. All right. That's today's episode, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Tea Talk. I hope that your cup of tea is full today and that you were able to pull something out of this for yourself. If you know someone that needs to hear this episode, please send it their way. And let me know what you're thinking by sending me a message on Instagram. I love hearing from you all. And make sure to follow the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And if you are loving what you're hearing, please leave me a review and a rating. It would mean so much. All right, friends, take good care and I will see you next time.